All right, welcome to the second episode, or third episode, actually, of the Mad Heads podcast. Um, as you can tell, I've decided to use uh, music that is not copyrighted, just in case, like, I get in trouble or anything, but only, like, you know, 10 people listen to this anyway, so uh, I don't think that'll be a problem. But we actually have an action-packed episode here for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking about Ben Askren's retirement. Uh, he retired yesterday. Uh, Logan Paul versus KSI 2. I know I'm a little late, but... You know, my life's been busy lately, and sometimes you got to put the Matt Head podcast on the back burner. You know, madhead.com website on the back burner. And the USC 244 press conference. Again, I'm like Wheat Lake to this, so just bear with me. I might have some insight that maybe you guys haven't thought about or something like that. I'm hoping at least. But, yeah, it's going to be a super fun day. I think it's going to be about a you know, 15, 20-minute podcast, hopefully. That's what I'm shooting for at least. So if I don't um, get it just in the comment section, just, you know, roast me and stuff like that. All right, here we go. So the first thing of the day is Ben Askren's retirement. <clears throat> ben Askren actually went on uh, Ariel Hawani's um, MMA show yesterday on ESPN and announced that he was retiring. I wasn't, like, surprised by this at all just because I had thought it was coming. I was actually surprised it didn't happen earlier because in the, when he first came on the, day after he, the Monday after he lost, he was talking about how, you know, he would have to, like, seriously think about retiring and things like that and, like, just, like, evaluate where he is, like, health-wise and stuff. Along those lines. <clears throat> but I thought that he would announce a little sooner, but it's, you know, a few weeks earlier, and here he comes saying he's retiring. Apparently, he's getting a hip replacement surgery, which, you know, my grandpa got one of those, so it's kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, it seems like he's still going to, like, coach and do a bunch of other things in the sport, and I know he has, like, a bunch of different, you know, lanes he likes to go down. I know he likes, he wants to be a professional frisbee golfer, maybe, and then he has all those camps and things along those lines. Um, I'm actually kind of sad because I'm, I used to be a pretty big Ben Askren fan before he got to the UFC and then he got to the UFC and I thought he was just kind of being like a douche in a way. And he was just, I don't know, talking shit just to talk shit. Like he didn't really mean any of the shit he was talking. He was just doing it to, you know, get pay-per-view buys, which, you know, was understandable, but at the same time, it just kind of got annoying. So, uh, when he got knocked out by Masvidal with flying knee, I honestly didn't see that coming. I thought he was going to beat Masvidal. So I was very surprised at that. When he got knocked out by Masvidal, I was just like, damn. Like, I was beginning to not like him even more. But then his press conference after, or not the press conference, but just, like, talking about what happened after, like, how he lost and he made a mistake and it was stupid. Like, he, you never hear him make an excuse, which gained a lot of respect for me. Because a lot of fighters nowadays, they just, you know, make excuses. You know, like, when TJ Dillashaw lost to Cejudo, he was talking about how, oh, the ref stopped it early, the ref stopped it early, blah, blah, blah. Like, I didn't lose. It was taken from me. Like, he was literally just being a sore loser, even though he did lose. And then he got popped for steroids, you know, a month later, which is hilarious just because he was talking about how it got taken from him and how he didn't lose. But he was cheating the whole fucking time. So, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. But back to Ben Askren. He, he, then he took a loss, okay? So then he <clears throat> fights Damian Maya, which isn't a bad fight for him. But Damian Maya is a significantly better striker, even though he's not a great striker. And then on the ground, they're fairly even because, you know, Ben Askren's one of the best wrestlers in the UFC. But at the same time, Damian Maya is like a legend in uh, jiu-jitsu. So I thought that was going to be a good matchup, and I watched that fight. And I loved the fight. I thought it was a good fight. And I wasn't super surprised when um, Askren lost. Again, I thought he was going to win that one, too. But when he lost, it was just it's hard when you're going to the ground with a guy like that. Even just the slight the slightest mistake with Jiu Jitsu guys, you're gonna get you you're gonna be tapping out soon. So with a wrestler, you just get grounded and pounded most of the time, and they wear you out. But with a Jiu Jitsu guy, they may not wear you out as much, or you might not get grounded and pounded as much. But if you make a mistake, then you're gonna be submitted and you're gonna lose right away. So that's kind of like the difference that I saw in that fight. But then 
even after that loss, he, you never heard him complain. You never heard him make an excuse, which, again, is super refreshing to me. You And then he gets on um, <clears throat> Hawani's podcast the other day and just talks about how you know, he was happy for the opportunity because all he wanted was an opportunity. He does – I could tell he kind of wishes the opportunity was more in 2012 when he first left uh, Bellator and went to one. But at the same time, he was like, you know, if I wouldn't have went to one, I wouldn't have made those relationships and uh, things along those lines. So I don't know. I just gained a shit ton of respect for him yesterday just because he was talking about how all, all you can ask for is opportunity. And it, you can't – not every opportunity is going to be the perfect opportunity was the thing I kind of took away from it. So no matter what, if, if you don't get your opportunity in your prime or you don't get that perfect opportunity at work, but you can't cry and, and whine, and whine you got to – do what you can with what you have. And that's kind of what he did because obviously his hip was in terrible shape. You know, he's getting older. He's kind of beat down, mangled. He's gone through a lot of training camps. He's constantly wrestling. So it's just kind of understandable. And he just came out and was like, a you know, a man about it, which I don't know. He just showed a di- He's been showing different sides of himself after fights. And I know he's just talking to build up the fight, and that's really who he is after the fights. But I don't know, I, I actually really like him, and I hope he stays in the sport. I think he would be a good commentary guy, you know, for the UFC maybe. I think he would be, he has the podcast, and I like his podcast a lot, actually. Um, he does a bunch of different things, and I think he's successful in all of them. So I'm, I don't worry about him in the after fight life at all. So the next thing we're going to be talking about is Logan Paul versus KSI 2. Now I'm super late on this. I was going to record uh, my response to the fight during the fight and upload it right away. But I decided to not do that just because I did it at first. But I kind of want, just wanted to focus on the fight, and uh, it was a it was a good fight. I thought that um, KSI did knock him down, <clears throat> which they didn't score a knockdown. I th- it, they said it was behind the back. The ref said behind the head. I mean, which uh, I think it was it was close. But I would I would consider that a knockdown. But then uh, Logan Paul uh, knocked him down. I think in the fourth or fifth. I think fourth round. Um, and the ref said it was like a behind-the-back hit or he hit him when he was going down, and he took away two points, which is super weird to me because you never really see a two-point takeaway like that in boxing anymore. Like, I can't see think of the last time I've seen two points being taken away. Um, the first thing I thought about was when Mike Tyson bit off uh, Holyfield's ear. They took away two points for that, and they kept fighting. But in this case, they you know he hit him in the back of the head, and without a warning, he just took off two points. And I thought it should have just been a warning, maybe one point. So if you take away one point, then it's a tie. It's a majority draw tie. And if you take away two points, then Logan Paul wins the fight. So Logan Paul did lose by split decision, but those two points affected the entire fight. And maybe even like if he, I don't know if, because he hit him with a nasty uppercut, two uppercuts actually. I don't know if he would have been able to recover because he got like five minutes to recover. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, the one thing I kind of want to talk about too, though, is like I said earlier, KSI did knock him down and it wasn't scored a knockdown, but he still won the round. So even, I don't know, I think it would have been super, super like close. I think it honestly was, I thought, a freaking draw again. I'm not going to lie. But Logan Paul just wasn't as aggressive as I thought he would be. I mean, KSI was the aggressor, which you got to give him that. And just because of that, if it was a draw and I wouldn't want to, you know, you don't want two draws in a row, so I would have given it to KSI anyway. Just because you, if you're the aggressor and you're going out there and moving and throwing haymakers and you keep coming at them, that that earns some amount of respect for me. 
and I know for a lot of people watching, because it's like, I'm not a Logan Paul fan, but I really did think he was going to win, and I kind of wanted him to win, because I kind of liked his evolution, I guess, is like a person, and he's kind of showing his true self, and he also does a podcast too, which I like a lot, but um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I kind of wanted Logan Paul to win, but, and when he came out, and he was throwing the jab, and I really thought, like, after the third round, I was like, okay, he set up the jab, like, the one twos are going to come, the one two threes are going to come, all the combinations that I've been hearing about, his footwork, you know, he did a good job of getting away from the punches. KSI really didn't hit him that much. I think Logan Paul landed more punches than KSI. <clears throat> but KSI was just the guy who was headhunting, you know what I mean? Like, he just kept coming at him. Even when he got knocked down, he got, you know, four or five minutes to rest or whatever, even though he was actually kind of gassed, which surprised me because Logan Paul gassed the first fight. But, yeah, no, he was so gassed, and I was like, oh, he's dead. But then when he got knocked down, the ref gave him all that time. The first, He comes back at him. He, I mean, he just keeps coming. You got to give him that. He's a dog. And you got to respect that. And I'm kind of interested to see what Logan Paul does next. I could see him maybe do another boxing match, but at the same time, or UFC. I hope he does UFC next. And I would love to see him versus CM Punk or uh, anyone like that. I think that would be awesome. Or even Sage Northcutt. You know, Logan Paul is a good athlete. And if he learned how to, I don't know, get better with his hands, I think. Because I think the wrestling and the jujitsu is all, he has a more of a base in that. So I don't think he would have to stress that. Just keep on working on the striking. Do that for a year or two. And he could come, and I think he would actually be pretty decent. Like, he wouldn't be like CM Punk to where, like, oh, he sucks. No one thinks he's good. Or Sage Northcutt. Sage Northcutt was just fed tomato cans his whole UFC career. And I'm not hating or anything. But a fight between Logan Paul and one of those two, that would be, I think Logan Paul would dominate CM Punk. But I think Logan Paul versus Sage Northcutt, I think that would be a good fight. And I might take Logan Paul on that one. I don't know. I'm just, that's kind of what I'm leaning towards. And uh, after the fight, Logan Paul and KSI, they dabbed up a little bit. You know, they basically said, you know, thanks for, you know, the memories. And they hated each other. And I could tell it was real hate. So I was glad to see him kind of stand up. Uh, KSI apologized or said, you know, we're cool now, which you got to love. And I'm glad the beef's over because I kind of, I kind of, I don't like KSI. And I definitely didn't like Logan Paul too much like before you know a year ago but as they fought i've kind of like gotten to see them more personally and i've kind of kept an eye on them more and like listen to their stuff and they're kind of likable like i don't know if i could hang out with either one of them but it's not like i wanted to punch them in the face like i used to the next thing i kind of want to talk about is the ufc 244 press conference so ufc 244 like i've been talked about previously it's on december 14th it's colby covington kamaru uzman Freaking love that fight. Holloway, Volkanovski, love that fight. Amanda Nunes is fighting. That Jermaine girl who she's already beaten once. Uh, that's going to be probably not a good fight. But I think the top two fights on that card are amazing. Uriah Faber is fighting that card. He's fighting Peter Yan. That's a good fight. There are so many good fights. All those fighting on that card. It's just going to be a freaking awesome day. And all those fighting... Uh, Marlon Rice, which I think, uh, I think Rice is going to win that pretty easily. Although has never really looked the same since the steroid caught uh, when he was caught for doing steroids. And my favorite Jose Aldo story is I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard this from multiple people and multiple news sources. He was actually was getting a drug test. I think it was might have been at his gym or somewhere, and a piss test. So when he, he peed in the cup, he was walking it back, and then he tripped and spilled it everywhere so he didn't have to, like, actually get it tested, which obviously is a huge red flag. And if you look at before and after pictures of Jose Aldo, like, he was huge. He was filled out. Um, and then after uh, USADA, he just is a shrunken man. Like, he just doesn't look the same fighting 
or um, body-wise. But he still has, like, the fighting spirit. Like, he's always going out there and trying his best, which I like. But uh, I just think this is a bad fight for him. He's, uh, um, yeah, just not a good fight at all, at all. Um, the Hallway-Volkanowski fight, I think that's going to be a good fight just because Hallway hasn't really had a big test at 145 as the champion yet. You know, he's kind of dismembered everyone else. Ortega, Aldo, he made Aldo look so bad. And his striking is just crisp. And he's also, he's super light or tall for his division. But at the same time, when he went up to 55 to challenge Poirier for the interim belt, he just didn't fill out. He just didn't look that much bigger than I thought he would be. Like, I thought he would fill out more and he would look stronger. So I think 45 might actually be his true division. And... I'm not going to lie, Volkanowski looks like just a total beast. He looks like an animal. He looks like a different human in that division. He's just lighting everyone up. But for some reason, my heart just still goes with Holloway in this fight. I just think that he's experienced and he's been under the lights. Uh, Volkanowski hasn't really had the chance to be under the lights as much. And Holloway's also cool, calm, and relaxed in almost every situation. Like, you never see him make very many mistakes. And he kind of just does his thing. He picks people apart from the outside, throws the jab, follows it up with the two. He's just a, he's a super crisp fighter, and he, he knows what he's doing. It's going to stay on the feet, and I think Holloway has a huge, huge advantage. And then uh, Covington-Usman. This is the fight that I'm looking forward to the most. And honestly, I don't really know who to go with this. I used to think that um, their wrestling is so even that you kind of have to pick it somewhere else. Cardio-wise, I don't know. Colby Covington in his last fight. I know Usman has terrific cardio, but Covington just freaking puts it on people. He has the uh, volume record for striking in his last fight against Lawler. He just kept throwing. He threw two or I think it was one punch every two seconds or two punches every two seconds, something crazy like that. And he just freaking stays in your face. Nothing's heavy that he throws. It's all light punches. He never he never wastes energy. That's one thing. He never gets himself in trouble. He never wants to get in a swing off. It's it's actually crazy how much discipline he has. Um, and Usman is, you know, I've, obviously he just fought Woodley um, a little bit ago. And he just totally dominated the fight. He freaking 10-9, 10-8 every fucking round. It was crazy. I think that that's going to be a good fight. If if I'm leaning one way, like let's say I go to Vegas to bet on this fight, I think I would go with Covington just based on the fact is he's the underdog. <clears throat> His cardio is, I think, a little better than Usman's, but it's close. I don't think you can really give either one of them the edge. Their um, wrestling, I think, is the same. I don't think you can give either one of them the edge. I, I really don't because the way that Covington uses his wrestling – is just brilliant. It's just like how he sets everything up. Usman's kind of like, I'm going to go out there and wrestle wrestle you. And then striking, I used to think Usman was a better striker. But again, after the last, I might have, you know, recency bias or whatever. But after Covington's last fight, watching him mix up striking, like he's, he does that every fight. But this fight, he just mixed it up so well. He was throwing in back fists. He was just being crazy with it. And this is Robbie Lawler, like one of the best guys in the history of the 170-pound, 155-pound division. And he just lit him up. He was in his face. Every time he would get hit with a punch, and I would think he was hurt, he would just freaking jab, jab, fucking take him down. It, it was crazy. And then he would just ground and pound him. I really do think Covington has the edge in this um, fight. And I kind of wanted to talk about the press conference as well. That's kind of the main thing I want to talk about. And this press conference is interesting because it was really just a freaking Usman-Covington show. And um, they just kind of went back and forth at each other the whole time. 
Covington actually brought up a point saying that he thinks that Marty's on uh, EPO and saying that that's why he um, can't piss in a cup now and why he didn't take the fight earlier, saying all this stuff, uh, saying that he's gassed out in previous fights and now he has, like, awesome cardio, like, level of Colby Covington. So he's saying he thinks he's on EPO, which, again, I could kind of see it um, just based on the fact all the things that Covington brought up, they weren't not true. And he's also heard of, like, the Black Zillions, the team that Usman was kind of brought up on, uh, they've been known for um, EPO, like doping, stuff like that. Like there's been like apparently stories in the practice room talking about like, you know, how they would inject themselves in the locker room and stuff like that, which is crazy to me. And he brought that up. And if you can remember, Cody Garbrandt brought that up about TJ Dillashaw <clears throat> doing the same thing at Alpha Male, Team Alpha Male. And he was right about that. So, I mean, could Covington be right about this? I think there's a chance, and I think it would be super interesting if he was. And it would be bad for the sport, obviously, but at the same time, it's just like I think all the cheaters should be caught. But I'm not going to jump to conclusions until I see you know, an actual failed test. Um, another thing about this uh, press conference was it just seemed like uh, one of my favorite parts was when Max Holloway was asked about like what he thought about because he's super mellow. He was asked, you know, what do you think about all this like chaos going around you? And he was just like, I keep it going. Like the he's all about the pay per view numbers. He knows it helps him. So I just thought that was interesting. Uh, they both seem pretty confident, honestly. Like Usman almost has a sense of Usman reminds me a lot of Tyron Woodley when Tyron Woodley faced Usman. Like he was just like, "What are you better than me at? You can't beat me in anything." Uh, that type of vibe, and that didn't turn out well for Woodley. So I don't know. He's kind of taking the same approach as him, which kind of makes me nervous. But this press conference, nothing really surprised me in here. Uh, Covington had his, like, Donald Trump Jr. book out, and he was, like, reading it. He was calling people snowflakes. It was it was funny. I can't, the shtick is, like, it's kind of, like, basic, and it's not, like, super funny to where, like, it's, like, clever. But he just never breaks character, and that makes it a 100 times more funny. So that's why I enjoy it so much. But, no, I'm so excited for this fight, December 14th. I'm going to be watching it. Uh, it's going to be awesome. And I hope you guys are as ready as I am. Uh, yeah, I have, I'll update you guys. I'll probably hopefully have another podcast coming out either this weekend or the week following that. I uh, get out of school pretty soon here so I can update the site a little more and do more things with that. We might be making a new website. So we might be switching from our like Google Docs type of website to maybe something a little more official, which I'm pretty excited for. Uh, follow us on Twitter, MadHeads2019. And I hope you guys have a good rest of your day. Ha <laughs> ha!